The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? This is the Talk of the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, joined by both my co-hosts tonight, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson. Uh, we are officially at the bye week. Cowboys are 5-1 and one heading into the bye week. Um, I feel like maybe up until this week, we might have thought that we wished that bye week was, was a little bit later in the season, but after a uh, little bit of an injury scare to quarterback Dak, Dak Prescott, I feel like... Uh, feel like the bye week couldn't have came at a much better time. So we're excited to um, take a week off, watch some NFL football. It feels like this week of football is going to be disgusting looking at the schedule coming up. So not going to be a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about we're, – we're actually going to talk about today, we're going to talk about some things that we want to see change over the bye week. The bye week is a, a week that's often used to implement maybe new players getting some playing time. Some new play calls, some new plays, some new designs. So there's a lot of change that sometimes happens over the bye week. Some of it, um, like I said, from a game plan perspective. Some of it from a personnel perspective. So we're get, we got a lot to talk about, um, and we're gonna dive into it. But before we do, fellas, how y'all doing today? Doing pretty well. It's hard not to be fired up after uh, the way that last game ended, uh, winning in New England. Got me uh, excited. You know, sucks that you have a bye week, uh, just from a fan perspective. But like you said. It might be coming at the right time. I'm doing fantastic. The, the, the Dallas Cowboys are five and one. I really don't care about much else. You know, I'm I'm out, I'm out here getting destroyed by Arizona Cardinals fans on on Sunday after my power rankings released. The Buffalo Bills were at number one. They, you know, threw a gut punch at me on Monday night when they allowed a bad Tennessee team, you know, or a, a relatively bad Tennessee team beat them. So not a, uh, a great weekend for me. Um, but luckily I don't really care about what people say to me on Twitter. So I just had some fun with it instead. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I can't, I could never do power rankings because my mentions are a mess from Cowboys fans, and then having my mentions a mess from literally every fan of the NFL would be. Oh uh, no, it's fun! It's fun! It's so much fun! I love doing the power rankings. It's the most fun thing in the world. No, I don't care. It pays my salary. 
Yeah. I'm at, yo, I'm at that point, man. Is it going to pay the bills? All right, bet. I'll do it. You know, it's just the way that it is. Sometimes you got to fall on the sword, and, yeah. and I fall on the sword. I'm a good person to fall on the sword because I don't care. And I sit down, and I actually watch these teams, and I actually have real opinions on them. And I actually do more than just write, like, one sentence each time. So – I uh, I uh, I enjoy it. It's it's really not that bad. I just love to to come in here and derail our podcast by getting off topic every week. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> that's your role. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, obviously the Cowboys uh, knocked off a I'm not gonna say a good Patriots team, but it's still the New England Patriots in Boston. So that's always a tough task. So the Cowboys went in. Um, they played. Another relatively sloppy game for the most part from a penalty perspective, from a turnover perspective, from a, you know, they, they failed on a fourth down conversion. They really didn't – I don't – a lot of people say they dominated that game, and while I think you could look at it and maybe say that, when you go back and watch the game, I'm not going to say they dominated um, the whole game. I think they shot themselves in the foot a lot, which is some of the stuff we're going to talk about today and this what we want to see change and what we could see change over this bye week. But – uh, still, going up to New England and getting a win at Gillette Stadium against Bill Belichick's nothing to shake a stick at, um, especially when you've rattled off five in a row and that comes with some injuries uh, to your team. So I, I'm excited. You know, I, I'm never gonna, I'm never going to poo-poo anyone in the NFL, especially like I said, when it does come against a Bill Belichick coach New England Patriots team on the road. So I think they did a good job of uh, of uh, getting the job done. Um, and I think that, you know, we're, we're excited going into this bye week and it doesn't happen a ton around here where we're just super fired up. Um, but it, it's here and, and we're excited. So, um, we're not trying to get negative today, but maybe we're going to talk about some things that might be a little bit on the pessimistic side when we look at some things that we want to see changed. And again, we're not saying we're smarter than this Cowboys coaching staff or front office, or we know these players better than they do, which is some things that we see on tape, some things we see from a game plan and scheme perspective that we might, that we might want to see switched up. Um, and Dalton, I'm going to start it with you. We're going to talk about this, this first round draft pick a little bit. Michael Parsons. Yeah. No, let's do it. Uh, What's up? Yeah, we talking about what needs to change and what needs to change. And my man Mike needs to pass or to to rush the passer more. Uh, Less Micah Parsons in coverage right now, and more Micah Parsons rushing the passer. (laughs) Dalton's dying. So Micah Parsons just killed Dalton. He's dead. He's so good that he rushed me from Dallas. I'm in Pennsylvania now. Good lord, how do you do that? Um, no, you, probably, it, you probably feel how Mac Jones felt after Randy Gregory. After Randy uh, Gregory <laughs> folded him in half like a lawn chair, yes. That was fantastic. Um, no, I, I, I'm just looking at this r- real quick. 33 pass rush snaps in, in week three. That was obviously the high end of what he was going to be able to do because that does take a, 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 a toll on his body because he's just a little bit small to be an edge rusher. It goes down every single week from there. 18 pass rushes against Carolina, 13 against the Giants, and nine against New England. That number's got to get up. Those are rookie numbers. We got to get those numbers up, okay? Um, He is not a a solid coverage linebacker right now, and that's okay. He's athletic, and and honestly, unless it's Keon O'Neal on the other side, he's the better option because I I don't want to see LVE in in a 1v1 situation against any back. And we knew 
last week that Mac Jones and that offense, a lot of what they did, if they wasn't able to get the ball out quick to a wide receiver, is those dump offs all of the time. Get the ball in space to your backs. The, the Cowboys have run, I, I think, the fourth most cover one in the NFL. And listen, I love that. They have the guys that are able to do it. I actually think Anthony Brown has been pretty good so far this year. He's just kind of getting the Cheeto treatment at this point where he's kind of getting getting beat up on, on contested catches um, or being right in the area. Um, but but with, with Micah, man, and this defense, I, I want to see less cover one, maybe a little bit more zone when you have a quarterback that you don't think is going to be able to push the ball downfield with velocity. Um, because I think if we see less cover one, I don't think – we see some of those coverage gaps that we saw some of those uh, New England Patriots able to get open against this Cowboys defense if they're in zone coverage or match coverage. They're just they're running a lot of, of man right now. They feel they have the guys to do it. And uh, I just don't think last week was a, a very good spot to do it. Yeah, no, I, I hear that for sure. And I definitely agree with the, the take on, you know, playing Parsons is more of a edge than the just traditional you know outside linebacker continue to use him as a hybrid man because at the end of the day think of it this way is fred warner or tj watt more valuable tj Watt. it's tj watt (laughs) all day every day that it's and and listen he's not even the best edge rusher in the nfl but 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 fred warner is the best coverage linebacker in the nfl and it just goes to show what is more valuable. You can put guys in positions. You can bring one of your 8 million safeties that you have rostered in that play on this football team. You can have one of those guys come down and cover backs out of the backfield, put Mikey da- Parsons down there on the edge and let him rush the passer or from the A-gap. I don't really care where it's at. And again, like I think people's biggest concern with that or, you know, I've heard it on the radio a little bit. I've heard it on Twitter a little bit, but people are like, so what are you going to do when Tank comes back in a few weeks? And it's like, have three good pass rushers? Like, is that ever a bad thing that you can reduce Tank down inside and, and have Brandy and Michael on the edge and Tank is your, you know, pass rushing three technique? Absolutely not. And again, we've seen Dan Quinn use a lot of, you know, interesting and and complex, you know, packages with his, with, to create pressure and to bring pressure. So, you know, don't feel like just because, you know, you, you see on a depth chart two defensive end spots that you can't have three pass rushers on the field because you can and it can work. So, I mean, I, I would like, you know, more of a 50-50 split on those pass rush and outside linebacker reps. Um, I just think when when we talk about, you know, when he was drafted and we came on this show and we were like, yeah, we like Micah Parsons, but we don't love drafting a linebacker that high. I feel like the last two weeks is kind of, an example of what we were talking about. Like you don't really notice him. Like he got beaten coverage the other day. You know, he made a couple of plays against the run, but it's like you draft a guy in the top 15, you're expecting impact plays consistently. And you're just, you're not getting that when he's playing limited snaps at pass rush. When the first couple of weeks he was making a huge impact because he was getting sacks, he was getting pressures. He was forcing quarterbacks off their spots. So we want him to make an impact because we think he can, we know he can, but you're just taking that away from him more and more the less you play him at defensive end and the more you play him at middle linebacker or yeah and, linebacker. and just yeah and just to end this real quick on the, on the Mike Parsons thing I, I, it might sound counterintuitive when I say this but I, I might want to see him play a little bit less too overall last week he played 100 percent of the snaps I am very much on, on team keep guys fresh 
And listen, I, I know that you're not going to get that much of a, a a break if you're only taking five to, to ten snaps off on defense. Uh, but if he's able to catch a breather at some point, if there's situationally, you can bring him out. I think that it, it would help out him being able to play on the edge a little bit more because that's really where he's going to take most of his, his beating is on the edge playing against tackles down in and down out, not just going out and, and running sideline to sideline. And listen, obviously he has to take on blocks as a linebacker as well, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. No, Cole, do you got anything to add on Micah before we kind of move on to our next next topic? I think y'all pretty much covered that, but I mean, I do want to say it's a good problem to have with Parsons. You know, he's a special Absolutely. athlete that has the versatility and the ability to play either role. Um, I think the Cowboys do have, he's a little bit of like a Swiss Army knife in the sense they can use him a little bit um, differently, matchup to matchup. They want to use him rushing the passer against pass heavy teams, but use him at linebacker against run heavy teams. He has the ability to adjust like that, but no, I, I agree with y'all's. Um, overall point that we do need him rushing a pass. I do think that's where he is best at and makes sense to, um, you know, have your first round draft pick, you know, uh, doing what he does best more often than not. For sure. For sure. Cole, I know in the, the green room before we started recording, you were um, pretty heavy on talking about the third and fourth down conversions here recently haven't been as consistent as they were been and we feel like that's maybe because they're relying a little bit too much on the run and not putting the football and we all think it's probably their best players hands what, what would you like to see them change you know when they're gonna we hope they stay aggressive on fourth down we hope they stay aggressive you know on one third you know obviously the third down was so we want to see them be aggressive and try to play as a, a four down team but how do you think they can improve their their fourth you know their their fourth down offense uh moving forward yeah, like I didn't have much of a problem with them going for it on fourth down on that first drive. Um, I thought it was, I mean, it obviously backfired and not getting it. Patriots going down and score, but I didn't have any problem with that. I did want them to go for it on fourth down um, when Zerline missed a 51 yard field goal. Not just because he missed it, just because it made sense from that area of the field. You know, I didn't think that Patriots were going to be able to stop. Um, the offense from converting things that things like that so we definitely want them going for it on fourth down being aggressive like that but you're right I mean it seems like all all game on Sunday they try to run up the gut they try to give it to Zeke they um, even Dacky fumbled at the goal line it seemed like every single time they try to do that it didn't work the Patriots were expecting it um, they're selling out in the run um I mean, I know Ezekiel did get that one fourth down conversion, but even he had to bounce it all the way outside. And it was mm-hmm. kind of a foot race to to the uh, first down marker. Um, he was able to turn the corner and everything, but it's not like he was, you know, easily converting that. So yeah, it makes sense to be aggressive and throw the football, put it put it in your best player's hand, and that's Dak Prescott. I mean, they had to do it on that fourth and four on that last drive of regulation, and you saw what happened. I mean obviously you're not going to convert every single fourth down, but it shows if you put it in his hands, Dax can get the job done more often than not. Um, I think it, it also, I mean, you don't want him running as much, um, you know, with his injury with all the, you don't want him getting hurt and all that, but he does offer the ability to uh, roll out of the pocket and maybe get a bootleg and get all the, uh, bounce it outside and run it himself, give him like a run pass option. So I, I think there's more, they have more, they should use this bye week to be able to be more versatile on those fourth down um, plays. Uh, give it, give uh, that Prescott the ball, let him make the decision instead of just, you know, doing a quarterback sneak or just handing it off to Ezekiel Elliott. Cause I mean, that's, 
it's too um, vanilla, you know. I mean, take it, you know, Monday Night Football game. Um, Jeffrey Simmons, he said post game after stopping Josh Allen, they knew that was the play they were going to run. They sold out on it. And, you know, more often than not, Josh Allen may make that. You know, he's a big, big guy, big quarterback. Maybe he does convert that more often than not. But the Titans knew that he was going to do that, and they sold out on it and, and you know, ended the game right there. Teams know um, when teams are going to, you know, do the quarterback sneak, do it up the, you know, do a uh, run up the middle and things like that. And when you have a dynamic quarterback and just dynamic playmakers, a dynamic offense like the Cowboys have, you might as well take advantage of that and put it in your quarterback's hand. Um, if you want to run it, fine, but it doesn't make sense to keep doing the same play over and over again. So I would like for them to be more aggressive throwing the football in those situations. I mean, I think, like I said, I think that Prescott's going to get the job done. He's going to convert it more often than not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I definitely with you. And I, I want to take it a little bit further, kind of on the same, I guess you can call it the same subject, but down in those goal-to-goal situations is is something that I've talked a little bit a little bit about um, on Twitter and a little bit about on the podcast is I feel like that's an area that they've seemed to struggle in recently, whether it's going back to what you talked mm-hmm. about, like relying a little bit too much on the run and quarterback sneaks, you know, to, to punch it in from the one, two yard mark. Um, or we've seen them. I mean, even a little bit, like I don't like to give, I don't like to place blame on Kellen Moore, but there's been some um, circumstances this year where I felt like the play calling got a little bit off base down there in those, those condensed for, you know, situations. So, I mean, again, like, we talk about it all the time, but, you know, first and goal from the one or two, like we don't love to see, you know, jumbo package personnel bring everybody close to the ball and then run it into a brick wall. Like that offense is too good. You got too many playmakers, spread them out. You know, again, you got, you're going forward on fourth down. That's the way this coach is. So you got four downs. You don't need to run into a brick wall four times and hope you get 12 inches. And that's kind of what came back to haunt them against New England is they, they pitched the ball outside and they did have the off-balance line there, which was a kind of cool little uh, play design. It just didn't work. But I've always said, and again, this might, is is Brian Roberts would say, like, this is kind of crusty in me. But, like, I hate when you pitch the ball six yards behind the line of scrimmage when you need one. Like, I don't like going backwards a ton, especially when you do condense that formation and you don't have – um, you don't have guys on the outside that can block. It's just the line versus the, the defense. So, I mean, again, like I just feel like the quarterback's so good in those those bootleg situations. He's so good um, when he gets outside the pocket. You have, I mean, again, I hate a goal line fade more than anything, in, too, but you have a guy like CeeDee Lamb, and and you got a, a bigger, more physical uh, receiving tight end in Blake Jarwin where you can have him go up and get a football. So I feel like you got too many good players on that offense to just try to impose your will to get 12 inches, even though the offensive line's been really good as a run-blocking unit. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's so great. Dak Prescott's normally going to get you a yard, but I just feel like putting the football in the quarterback's hands and letting him get you a yard without just ramming up the middle with a quarterback sneak might be a better option um, than what we've seen. And again, it's nitpicking, um, but it is something that maybe the design, maybe the play calling, maybe the execution of it, like we've seen all of those things kind of come into play at some point this year, whether it's been, you know, the fumble at the snap or they've scored two touchdowns also from the one yard line that weren't called touchdowns over the last few weeks. So like we, we have to talk about that too, but you know, it's just, it feels like so many things go wrong in that situation for this offense. And again, it's nitpicking because they're really good inside the 20s. They're really good from that 
20 yard on mark but as soon as they get within like that 10 five yard line it seems like it just things go wrong and it's not to put blame on kellen it's not to put blame on Dak. it's not to put blame on the blocking it's like something sim- seems to go wrong whether it's the officiating not seeing the quarterbacks laying way across the goal line whether it's a fumble as Dak tries to go over the top whether it's zeke not being able to get a yard or tyler biotish getting blown up or whatever it is it just seems like something bad always happens in those situations. So cleaning that aspect of their game up, I think could be a big, um, a big help in this bye week and they could spend some time. They don't have to, you know, obviously they're not practicing at all this bye week so they can just kind of go over some designs, um, some play calls and, and some, some scheme dependent things that can maybe open up some things. And again, you see teams like new England, uh, not new England, Kansas city, you see teams like Buffalo, you see teams like the Packers, when they get down in those situations, they do um, seem to punch it in always because they do do some, you know, we've seen the Travis Kelsey pitch play again, like teams do some pretty cool things down there because the field does get condensed and it is tougher to score. So you might see some stuff like that coming out of the bye week where it's not just four straight runs, you know, one of them being a quarterback sneak, three of them being to Zeke or whatever it is. Um, and again, like going, I know Dalton, you put a tweet out today on the two point conversion play. Um, it was a good design. It was a good everything. Everything was drawn up the way you'd want it to, except Tony Pollard decided to cut it back inside instead of pushing it more, um, you know, to the, yeah, to the side. And, and it's just and it, whatever it is. I understand him just trying to get it straight up and down right. north, north, south. But yeah, if he just follows Zeke out there, right. he kind of walks in. And that, uh, that's it's, kinda, it is what it is. Sometimes the players got to make plays, and uh, Tony Pollard has been unbelievable so right. far this year. He just didn't make that play. Yeah, and that's kind of like the biggest thing that I wanted to bring up is like there's no one to point the finger at. It just seems like every time they do it, it's something different. And again, they've punched some in from down there, but it's just like one play, it's execution. One play, it's, again, Dak, you know, semi-bad snap, you know, on the zone read. I think that was against the Giants where they fumbled on the two-yard line. Uh, I think it was a two-yard line, but it was down there, goal-to-go situations. They had the fumble on the Tyler Biotis snap slash Dak fumble slash – Zeke and Dak weren't on the same page. So it's just like you can point the finger to like multiple different people in those situations, but that's just one area that I feel like, okay, that needs to get cleaned up because we can't keep turning the ball over at the one yard line and we can't keep, you know, they're not going to kick the field goal because the coach is too aggressive to kick field goals in those situations, but you got to score points when you're down there, especially with this offense. But, um, I, I listen, I, I agree. You got to be better than 25th in the NFL. Right. <laughs> And, you know, we're saying this, oh, you got to be better in the red zone. They're they're averaging 34.2 points a game the most Absolutely. in the NFL. We're, nit- <laughs> we're nitpicking, so, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are definitely nitpicking here, and we don't want this to sound like a pessimistic podcast. Right. We are just out here trying to talk about what we would like to change after the bye week. These are a couple things that we would like to change. Yeah, I, I do all. think it's a valid concern, concern though. You know, yeah. we're in the – because the ovens is rolling, playing really well, but it's – and you got to avoid turnovers yeah. too. Dak Prescott was a uh-huh. little bit late on that throw. It was a little bit behind set, and he got picked yeah. off. So I mean that those yeah. kinds of things happen every once in a while. And when you're in the red zone, we just saw it the other day. Josh Allen has not thrown a red zone interception in his NFL career. Dak Prescott is a better quarterback. And, and listen, guys, if you, if you were listening to this and you really like Josh Allen, or you think Josh Allen is better at football than Dak Prescott. I'll let you make that argument, but there is nobody quarterbacking 
when we look at it traditionally, nobody is quarterbacking better in the NFL than Dak Prescott is right now. He's the best in the NFL at quarterbacking. And that's to include Thomas Brady, who was doing this at 44 years old. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, guys are going to make mistakes. We're, we're seeing, you know, some negative turnover regression with Patrick Mahomes right now. Um all of these guys are susceptible to mistakes, and it doesn't matter how good you are. Um, just try your best not to have them happen in the red zone and take points off the board. Yep. No, I definitely agree. Um, we all kind of wanted to talk about this, and so we wanted to do it as a, a group effort because we don't want the the listeners or the followers to kill us too much because this team has been running the football well. We, we want to say that first. You know, first off and foremost is we think this running game has been good. Don't try to pawn this off on me, too. This, <laughs> all this was all Dalton's idea. This is uh, all Connor's idea. <laughs> all right. You know what? I'll take credit for it. Screw it. Yeah, you better. <laughs> so, and up until last week, I didn't see it as a problem because they they do – I think they are top three in the league in first down runs, but a lot of that's because they've been up big over the last couple of weeks and have been running the ball in first down a lot or enough clock. Um, they've also been good at it. Right, right, right. It's not like it's been a, a uh, struggle for them. Um, you know, they've been running the ball for pr- pr- pretty significant uh, yards per carry, so it hasn't been an issue. Last week I thought it was the first time that they were running into boxes that didn't suggest you should run on first down. Um, there's a lot of eight man boxes. There's a lot of stack boxes where they were outnumbered, uh, blockers to defenders and they kept running it. Um, and they, they ended up breaking up some, some big runs late in the game. And, and a lot of people who support the first down runs say, that's why you do it is so late in the game. You can break that 21 yarder, that nine yarder, that 12 yarder, some of those ones that they did late in the game. So you're not completely wrong. Um, cause there is some truth to that. You run the ball throughout the game. Normally by the time the, the game starts to wind down, you're going to break off some more bigger, those runs. Cause, cause guys don't want to tackle. They don't want to get off blocks. They don't want to get blocked. Um, so you're right there. And there's some, some truth that maybe the, the more you run, the more that play action opens up a little bit, even though I don't think running the ball impacts the linebackers biting on play action. But maybe if you run it consistently on, the same down and you're showing same looks and you're showing same personnel packages. It can get guys to buy a little bit more than normal, but um, didn't love the the amount of first round runs, first down runs uh, from last week. Um, they averaged 4.4 yards per carry on first down. Um, and that was with a 20 plus yard run. So, you know, if you take that out, which we don't like to take things out cause that's not fair, but if you did take that out, it would be a lot less than that. Um, Obviously, so we, we'd like to see that number decrease. And that's not to say run the ball less because they have been running the ball quite a bit, but maybe use that short, quick passing game that we saw in week one and week two, um, you know, throw to Dalton Schultz, the six or seven yards throws to Dalton Schultz or Mari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb or even the, the running back, getting the running backs involved in the passing game, maybe instead of ramming your head up against a brick wall for for. 70 to you know 80 percent of the the first down run so that was something that i brought up because i didn't like it last week and and it's again we're kind of nitpicking because this team is doing a lot of things really well right now they're winning a lot of football games so there's not a lot of things that we want to really change so again a little bit of a nitpick but do you guys completely disagree with me there and if there's anything that you'd like to add to that 
No, I mean, I think you made some good points. Um, like you said, the flip, ar- the flip side of the argument is it was going to wear down opponents, maybe set up um, some, like some play action plays, like like in overtime, how you know CeeDee Lamb was so open on that, on that game-winning touchdown, things like that. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, I agree with those um, quick pass, quick passing game and things like that. We saw that a little bit in the overtime drive to CD Lamb. Um, you kind of mentioned the Buccaneers game as well, and it works. It just makes your offense more dynamic and more difficult to you know defend, especially when you have that kind of talent on the outside. With Mark Cooper, with C.D. Lamb, with Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup, um, Noah Brown showed some plays as well. Dalton Schultz has been good in space. Blake Jarwin is very athletic as well. I mean, the Cowboys just have so many weapons. Like you said, they can do it with uh, Elliott, with Pollard as well. Uh, yeah, I think it makes sense. It makes it the Cowboys more difficult to, to defend rather than just running up in the into the box into um, the majority of the the defense. So I think it, I don't think there's any downside to it as, at all. Like I just think it. Would make the, the I mean like you like Dawn said we're kind of nitpicking the offense right now but that's how well um, the offense has been performing this season they've been um, on fire but the, uh, that is one thing I think that can make the offense that much better maybe take it to a whole another level and you know maybe get you over the hump um, in the postseason. Dalton, anything you'd like to add to the first down run argument? Uh, no, not really. I honestly don't have much to say because I honestly just don't have a whole lot that I dislike about this offense. Most points scored in the league, most yards per play, fourth most yards per rush, fourth most yards per pass. They're just pretty darn good everywhere, man. And the balance, I'm I'm always going to lean more towards the pass, but... I'm really enjoying watching Ezekiel Elliott in 2021, and that's not something that I could have ever dreamed saying in 2019. I just couldn't. So He's, when you're when you were watching that New England game the other night, you never said, "I wish they'd stop running on first downs." Because uh, I, no, I find it hard to believe that I your know you, brain was <laughs> not saying. I know you did, and and here's the thing, and I'm going to tell everybody a little secret here, real quick. Um, I'm barely wa- I, like I'm watching, I'm watching, but I don't get to ingest everything in real time like everybody else does, because as any game is happening uh, for the Cowboys, if it's at one o'clock or four o'clock, I'm writing the power rankings as at that exact moment. So I'm watching and doing that. So I don't get like the feel for everything like that until I watch the film. And even when I watched the film, I I really didn't – it didn't hit me at at all that, like, on first down, they were running a little bit too much. Um, But I think that's partially what you get from, like, just watching the film and not listening to the broadcast, seeing that big first down – first and ten, lower third at the bottom of the screen. Um, And and so for me, I haven't felt like it's been a huge hindrance, but I know I saw your Twitter blowing up about it uh, on Sunday, so (laughs) – I knew it had to have at least been uh, worthy of your your tweets. And again, I'll just give you the stats one, one more time before we moved on. And, and the reason we're kind of nitpicking this. So Cowboys ran the ball first down 20 times uh, against the Patriots. They averaged 4.4 yards per carries on the runs. Um, that was inflated by a 21-yard run by Zeke in the fourth quarter. Outside of that run, Dallas had just six successful run plays um, on first down, and then we just said kind of something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, and again, like like kind of you said, 
you know, the run's been good, so it's not like I'm saying don't run the ball. It's just on first down. You know, there was two – I think I tracked that there was two holds on those first down runs as well. So I don't like, you know, when you're looking at second and eight consistently. I don't like when you're looking at first and 20, you know, sometimes too because of a hold. So I just think that this passing game is so good um, that I want to try to – I want to try to pick up 12 on first down every time. That's kind of the goal going in. But – um. Uh, anything else you guys really want to see change? I mean, obviously, you know, Lyle Collins is probably going to slide in and, and play right tackle um, and not to get too, too, too onto that topic. But there's nothing wrong with that because, one, we feel like Lyle Collins is a better right tackle than Terrence Steele is. But also, yes, sir. can we just mention sure. that, like, this team might have a legit swing tackle now? Because they haven't really had a yeah. good one in a long time. And not to say that Terrence Steele's an uh, absolute stud by any means, but he seems to look like the best swing tackle that this team has had in recent memory for me. And I feel like we need to give him a little bit of credit because we've knocked him a little bit and been like, hey, you know, like let's not overrate his play. Like he's been good considering the expectations, but he's not been a good, what we consider good right tackle, but is a swing tackle is your third tackle. Um, I think he does deserve a, a little pat on the back there. Yeah, no yes. doubt. I think a lot of people were panicking when that suspension went down with a call. Precisely. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> is the offensive line going to fall apart? Is Dak Prescott going to be running for his life? Is going to be the, you know, that 2017 Falcons game all over again? All of that. But um, like you said, it's not like Terrence Joe's been a, you know, all pro, pro bowl level right. tackle or whatever, but he's really holding down the forward on that side. He's been uh, strong in the run game. He's held his own in uh, pass protection. Um, now he's not a guy you want over low Collins when you get him the option, but like you said, he's a good swing tackle. He's a guy that can step in uh, and just, you know, makes the offensive line that much stronger overall. Um, but just real quick, we were talking about, you know, fixing the offense, what we like to see change. I do, at least me personally, I think it's pretty refreshing to know that we're not talking about, man, I wish we'd be uh, see more of Tony Pollard this season. <laughs> it seems like ever since he entered the league, we'd, we'd see, you know, flashes of it, spurts of it, like what he can do. Like, man, uh, I wonder what we what he could do if he got more of a role, a bigger role. And, yeah, um, that's Tony a good Moore's one. really done a great. Yeah, he's done a great job of implementing Tony Pollard, and um, obviously, there in the early season, especially after that Chargers game, there was some debate: um, was he going to overtake the running back one role uh, this season? And while that might not be the case, he's he has to be right up there as the best. RB two in the league, maybe, you know, maybe only behind the cream hunt guys like that, but he's in the conversation and he's a guy he's that better. makes the offense. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think he's, he's better at this point. Cream hunts really good, but uh, Tony Pollard is, I mean, every yeah, time just I just feel like, and, and just real quick, but, but when I'm watching the game, like peripherally, like I do on, on most Sundays, like every time I see him get the ball, he's picking up like eight to 10 yards. I just feel like every single time he's picking up chunk yardage. It, it's unbelievable. He just makes the offense that much better. He's um, dynamic as a receiver. Like you say, he's getting, you know, eight yards a pop at, at running back. He's been a lot of fun to watch. And I'm just, I just want to say I'm glad that he's getting a bigger role and really, um, you know, living up to the expectations so many of us had for him. Let me ask you guys this, and then we'll, we'll kind of close it out with this. Um, could slash should change. That's kind of the topic we're, we're doing over this bye week. Last time, 
I want to say the Cowboys brought Amari Cooper in on their bye week a couple years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Could you see any moves made, or is there any moves that you would make via trade during this week to get a guy in, get him, you know, integrated with the offense or slash defense, whatever it would be, and, and get him ready to go when they come back from the bye week? Um, I know we didn't really cover this. So I don't know if you, you know, we didn't have time to research names or anything like that. And maybe I'm not, I mean, again, like for me, like I would love for this team to pursue Whitney Merculus. Yeah. That was just released from the uh, Texans. Yeah. Um, because again, like their pass rush depth isn't great outside of Randy Gregory. They're not getting a ton from your Terrell Basham's or your Bradley and Nye's or really anybody on the, on the other edge right now. Um, so for me, you know, we, we still feel like DeMarcus Lawrence is, they keep saying multiple weeks away, and that's probably on the short end of this, on this, on the sticks. So, you know, we feel like DeMarcus Lawrence might be a month away. Um, even when he comes back, you can never have enough good pass rushers. Whitney Merculus has been a good pass rusher for the Texans for a lot of years. Um, he's playing on probably the worst team, one of the worst teams in all of football right now who's behind in literally almost every game. So it's tough to really get a gauge on him as a pass rusher. Uh, but I know he's been a really good player for Houston for, for a while now, and, and he's a guy that was released yesterday and can is free to sign with any team. Would you bring in a guy like that? Is there anybody you guys would look to trade for during this bye week? No, I think you pointed out the perfect guy, that, at least on my, my mind. Um, jump to me, I think he – have a lot of suitors, obviously. You know, he's a guy that can make a real impact. I think a lot of contenders will want him, uh, will pursue him, wanting to add him to their roster. The Cowboys can sell him on, you know. You, you don't have to go very, you know, just a few hours north, you know, stay in the state of Texas, um, play for a team that's, you know, a real contender this year. I, don't, I still – we talked a little bit about it last week. I still think – still think people are understanding how big of a contender the Cowboys are. And I think if you add a guy like that, you know, shore up the defensive line, shore up that pass rush, I think it could go a long way. And that would be the name, I guess, um, you know, free agent guy that's out there available. Um, I don't, I mean, I guess maybe a couple weeks ago, you could argue a corner maybe, but now you have Kelvin Joseph coming back. Um, would you, I mean, is Michael and, Gallup extendable enough to... You know, Anthony Brown's played one? relatively well the last couple yeah, weeks, Anthony so Brown's it's not going to... So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. What corners available? You know, Stephon Gilmore has already been traded. TJ Henderson was obviously traded. So, I, I don't know. I think Merciless is the guy that, I mean, obviously you don't have to give up any, you know, valuable assets for him either. Um, I don't know. I mean... Like you said, I mean, I don't think a lot of people saw the Amari Cooper trade going down during the bye week. I think we all knew wide receiver was a real issue, but we didn't think they were going to make a splash like that. So, I don't know. I mean, Jerry's kind of talked about how they, you know, he's never shy about wanting to win the Super Bowl, wanting to make big moves. So, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I just don't know who they would be targeting um, off the top of my head. Who would and who would they who they would give up? I mean. As I mentioned Gallup, I mean, is Gallup somebody you want to get rid of? I mean, I think he can add that deep threat element to your offense. He's a good player. I don't know if you get a play in return anywhere near as valuable. So I, so I don't know. Definitely feel like if you did make a trade, it'd be for a pick. You know, it'd be like, hey, we feel like we're going to win. You know, we're going to win our division. We're going to give out like a hope. second or a third. Yeah, I mean, again, like, I don't think they're in desperate need of a defensive lineman. But, like, if you want to go look at the Quentin Williams route, you know, and, like – 
See what yeah. it costs it. Like, again, I don't think that that's a move that I well, would Marcus make. Right now. I mean, I guess maybe I already shore up his safety. But, yeah, I, wouldn't, I, I didn't even think about the draft day. I was thinking of players. But, yeah, I wouldn't, do you think they could give up a first-round pick? Um, like I mean, they I did wouldn't, that year? I wouldn't I give up. To. It just, I mean, no. I hate to say it. I, I, just mean, don't, I think it depends on who. Like, I, I don't see them yeah, doing I mean, anything. Yeah. I don't see them doing yeah, anything to, to, to possibly – you know, screw anything up in this locker room. I think this is a really, really good locker room right now. Um, and that's kind of why I, I think they probably stay away from any free agents or any trade uh, during the trade deadline. I do think a guy like Whitney Merciless would be fantastic just because I, I don't think you can ever get enough edge depth. And I think if there's one thing that the, the Cowboys aren't doing very well, it's, you know, having a second guy on the interior that can rush the passer side from Osa and then having that compliment to Randy Gregory right now because I, they just don't have it. Um, so you want to see them yeah. be a little bit more uh, complimentary when it comes to the defensive line. But, you know, overall, I think they kind of have all the, the pieces in place that they want to right now. Yeah, I think I mean, I, earlier I think in the that, year, in the preseason, I think Xavier Howard would have been a name of interest. But, I mean, and and there's a very good shot he's going to. There's a very good shot that he gets traded at the deadline too. Yeah. So I wonder if they would make that move, but you already have that kind of ball hawk on the other side. So I'm, that's not really much of a need either. So I, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I'd to like to. I, I'd like to know what the price tag for Xavier Howard is. I mean, if it's. I mean, again, because he hasn't been great this year. I know he's been banged up a little bit too. So like. The Dolphins aren't doing anything. You know. Yeah. So like. I mean, I would look at that if, 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 I mean, again, like, right. Yeah. Like I would look into that. I'd look at, you know, obviously I would bring in Whitney Berkulis yesterday because, you know, I think that fills a position of need. He's a veteran. He's been a leader for the Texans. Like he's not going to be a locker room issue. So I feel like that solves a lot. And again, like you can never, you can never have too many pass rushers. You can never you know, especially when you're, you know, Terrell Basham's been banged up, Demarcus Lawrence's been banged up, you know, Randy Gregory's never played a 16-game season. So, like, if you think you're just going to coast through this year and get Demarcus Lawrence back and no one else is going to get hurt, like, you're probably fooling yourself a little bit there. So I would look into bringing Merculus in. I mean, again, he's he lives in the state of Texas, obviously, playing for the Texans. Like, he's probably looking to go to a team that's a contender of some sort. So, Stay relatively close to home. Come join a contender. Like join a team where you're not going to have to play 100% of the snaps. Like that seems like a mutual uh, uh, interest for both. But I mean, again, we've talked about They're the playing. Xavier Howard. We've, we've talked about the Xavier Howard thing uh, for years, and like they've never. Mm-hmm. I think it, a report actually did come out this year that they had like entre- You know, they had reached out about it. So maybe there is still some interest there, but. I'd like to see them do something because I think it shows an aggressive approach to, okay, like we're serious about, you know, just, just like how the Bucks brought in Richard Sherman, obviously he just got hurt, but like those teams who were, who were serious about contending, they make a move like that to go like, let's, let's go and really get this thing and not just, you know, just not, you know, win our division. So I'd like to see them do something. I mean, I don't think they're going to make any huge splashes like, you know, bringing in a Quillen and Williams. And I don't think they do an Xavier Howard thing unless it's less than a first round pick, but I'd like to see him do something, and, and that could be something that we see maybe done this week if, if they're interested in doing it. Yeah, real quick, I I saw that PFF did a hypothetical trade of, uh, and I want to know if y'all are interested, if y'all would be interested in the player in the trade. It's just 
they their hypothetical move was Xavier Rhodes to Dallas for a 2023 fifth round pick. Do you think Rhodes has enough left in the tank to, you know, make they strike a deal like that? No. <laughs> He's actually been pretty good for Indianapolis this year. Uh, he I felt like he, he was pretty hurt. good for Indy last year, but he hasn't been as good this year. That whole secondary hasn't been quite as good outside yeah. of Kenny Moore. I think he got hurt last game. I don't know what the yeah. Rockison's been playing half decent, but but that secondary overall has been a little bit of a letdown in Indy. Yeah, and I mean, like his biggest thing is he doesn't have a ton of speed, and like Trayvon Diggs doesn't have yeah. elite speed either. So I would um, like to fight you on that. I I would actually I'm going <laughs> to fight you on that because listen, we all thought that he might not be the fastest or the most. Um, oh, he's got agile good speed. guy he's in the world. No, 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 no. Right. That dude has freakish yeah. recovery speed. Yeah, freakish yeah. recovery speed. He's gotten to plays that I thought he had no business being around. Right. Um, and so for me, I I think that I undersold him as an athlete coming and, out. And again, like fast, I'm, Connor, I'm not. Fast. I'm not. I'm not trying to fight you on this either. But like, I don't. I don't even fast, know. Connor. I don't even know if I'd say it's like the speed or if it's just the burst that he has when he needs to go get it. Like, yeah, he's that got pick, that sixth gear. That's being really fast. That pick he had against the Chargers, where he like was trail, 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 and then he just like hit another gear. I was like, holy crap! That's unbelievable, dude. He okay. had no business making it there. That's enough. <laughs> All right, we're done. Um, we'll be back Not next bad. week. Again. <laughs> We'll, we'll be ready for an actual football game next week. Cowboys are off this week on a bye week. This is an awful weekend for football, so do something fun with your wife, husband, significant other, kids, parents, grandparents, whatever it is. Do something fun. Because yeah, talk to your kids this weekend. <laughs> football is going to be awful. I don't know if there's one game that I'm excited to see. So, uh, College will, football slate's pretty rough, too, man. It's yeah, not just, a great weekend. Just go, go out of town. Just leave your cell phones and computers and TVs at home and go out of town. <laughs> go camping because I don't want you to watch sports this weekend. So we'll be back next week to talk about an actual football game that we're excited about. No, we, we got some good ones coming up, too. So we got a lot of stuff to preview. We got some, some tougher opponents on, this, on the schedule. So we'll be back next week on the Talk in the Star podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you guys next week.